Now then, and thank you for listening, welcome to the Midlife Film Catch-Up, a podcast where each week two friends approaching midlife analyse a film they've never seen before. We're watching a film from each year since the year we were born. We started in 1983. That I was 1982, but you were born in 83. I was born in 84. That's right. For some reason, we started in between Split both the, our birth dates. Split the difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and now we're on 2004. No, yeah, 2004. Yes. My co-presenter is a man you just heard from who has worked as a comedian, a filmmaker, an usher, a tutor and a runner. Chris Jenkins. Yes, usher as in the job, yeah. Not the R&B star. No, I wasn't him. Would you Would you ever consider? I'd be Flavor Flav, that'd be my first choice, but at a stretch I'll take Usher. Yeah. Or um, Kelly. Nelly. Nelly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, whose dance moves can you best replicate out of those three? Uh, probably Nelly's the one with the plasters, Flavor Flav's got the big clock, and Usher is the one who can dance, he can really dance, can't he? He's, he's like Michael Jackson. He's a really good dancer, yeah. Yeah, uh, probably Usher. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. that's that's impressive. Uh, he had a cameo in that film with Jennifer Lopez. It's really good. <laughs> the the one where she plays a uh, uh, an adult model uh, Stri- stripper. Yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? No, it's one of the best films I've ever seen. I know. I remember you said. Yeah, <laughs> we we should have done that this on the podcast. Well, I think it. I think it came out in like twenty nineteen or something. So. Well, could still watch it. Oh, but I've seen it and we only cover films that we've never seen before. Good um, good segue. Thanks very much. So Chris, to introduce yourself, why don't you give us your... Um, Usher. Usher, to introduce yourself, why don't you give us your smart objectives for this podcast? What Remind me what smart objectives are. So you've got... Um, you've got, you've got uh, Measurable. Right, yeah. Start with the second letter. Yeah. Attainable, mm-hmm. relevant, yeah, and time time boundaried. Yeah. Uh, but S, what's S? You don't remember. Do you remember? I, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on, let me just look up S because um, that's quite an important one, isn't it? There'll be people screaming at their uh, yeah at their radios, won't they? Um, if they listen on the radio, yeah. Specific. Uh, should I choose one of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the third one? A. What does A stand attainable. for? Attainable. So my attainable objective for this uh, today's podcast is to uh, keep it brief and energetic. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Energetic. Yeah. So yeah, that is a lovely segue into with the context in which we find ourselves recording today's podcast episode. Yeah, do you want to set the scene? Yeah, so we're, um, again, we're at the home of myself and my partner, Claire. Um, it's a Friday afternoon, mid-afternoon. Yeah, Georgian, would you call this house, would you call this house Georgian? Uh, I'd say it's later than that, I'd say it's... Edwardian. Pre-war. Pre-war. I think that's an American term, isn't it? Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that, that would make it, you know, like 19, what? Twenties, thirties. Yeah. Really? I think, no, maybe it's Victorian. You want to get um, 
house the guy who presents a house in time to come and look at your house. David Olusiwi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 brilliant. Yeah, he'll be he'll he'll be welcome. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Good. Yeah, it w- it would be interesting. Uh, I I think it's uh, I I think it's Edward Edwardian this. Um, we have had lunch, I assume. Well, you haven't said the day. Have you said the day? Friday. Today's Friday. It's three half past three in the afternoon. Uh, I've had since I woke up. I've had. One slice of fruit toast. Okay. I've had some scouse. Right. And just on my way over here, um, before I came here, I just wolfed down some kimchi instant noodles. Right, okay. And I brought with me an apple. Yes. So, so best part of three meals. Yeah, but I still feel really hungry. Well, you've had a biscuit. You've had a digestive biscuit. I've had a digestive, a dark chocolate digestive biscuit. I intend to eat the apple in in a few minutes' time, so I'll be all right. Uh, for me, um, toast with um, margarine. Yeah. Why do you have margarine and not butter? Well, this is something that's cropping up more and more in my life at the moment. I've I've forever been just margarine, and I assumed that, you know, seventy five percent or more of my peers were the same, just margarine, margarine, margarine. Yeah, so was I back in childhood. Yeah. Yeah, um, but now everyone seems to have made this transition to butter, and they claim that butter's so much more superior to margarine. Butter is done a complete three sixty. It's it's back in fashion. It's yeah. in vogue. It, everyone's talking about butter at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I always say one word to people. Go on. Spreadability. Yeah, I mean, it's seasonal, isn't it? I mean, trying to spread butter in winter, it's it's like a thankless task. I bet it? it is. Yeah. Yeah. You I do, can only imagine. You destroy your um, your toast. Mm. You don't you don't even get to eat it. Uh, but summer, I'd say a little bit of autumn, a little bit of spring. Butter is, you know, spreadability is not an issue. Well, you talked about this Victorian house before. Um, Edwardian. Edwardian house before. Yeah. You might notice that it's at least four degrees um, colder in here than it is outside. That's a good point. So uh, you, your spreadability is still going to be an issue, isn't it? It's not the it's not the ideal house for uh, for butter for butter. Um, yeah, true. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised that you eat margarine and not butter. This is a man who admitted on last week's podcast that. He used to eat salt and shake crisps, but not even put the salt on them. Um, yeah, so it makes me think, what other food... Why, why don't you go for um, go for an Italian meal and you could ask for some spaghetti and just ask them to hold hold the sauce, maybe. Just have it plain. If, if I was to make the transition to butter, I'd go with um, unsalted butter, maybe. Yeah, I, I think you would. If you... I bet you'd use Olivio... It's a combination of vegetable oil and olive oil. Well, no, I try and go with um, what's the one that's completely vegan? Fry light to spray. No, not fry light. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. This we're going down a, a butter margarine rabbit hole here. Uh, oils and butters and and emulsified fats and stuff like that. What um, isn't olive oil vegan? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I suppose yeah. like the butter thing is a bit like like I I would never have olive oil growing up. No. Um, we we just had vegetable oil. Yeah, that. yeah. And now it's like a staple. Yeah, and hummus. Everyone's well, it's not a staple, <laughs> but um, you know, hummus is big now, isn't it? It's big news. Yeah, yeah. It's big news. I mean, as a household. I don't think me and Claire are very good at shopping for snacks, really. Uh, maybe hummus should be more of a staple of our big shop. I think it should be because um, it fills a hole. Mm. You know, if you're in between meals and you've got on hand, you've got some lightly salted, what I call tortilla chips, then you can dip them into hummus and eat them. Yeah, yeah. Or even a flatbread. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Flatbread. Isn't that a a baked bread? Flatbread. Well, a flatbread, you'll find it, do you know the section of the supermarket where you've got, um, you've got your crumpets, you've got your tea cakes, you've got your... Um, the, the bakery bit, the, the bread the bread aisle. Yeah, your ambient goods. Ambient goods. Smart objectives. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would have thought this flatbread would be Okay, so it is baked. It's not like it's not like a cracker. It's not like a no, cracker. no, no. Yeah, no. it's not in the cracker and biscuit, the water biscuit section. No, no, it's it's in the ambient goods. Uh, you know your um, Battenberg cakes. Yeah, yeah. So your bread and cakes aisle, and is it? Yeah, okay. So you 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 buy you do buy flatbread. Well, often we have it to accompany meals, um, but. It could also come in handy for snacks as well. If we were, if we had that dipping agent like hummus, you need a dipping agent. You can go for hummus. You can go for sour cream and chive. You can go for tzatziki, Sorry. or tzatziki, or you can go for um, guacamole. But and but that's it. No more than that. So or salsa. Yeah, I'm not a fan of salsa. I, I do like it if it's fresh. That's fresh. What do you mean? Made um, from scratch? No, made from scratch. I mean, when I say fresh, I mean I buy the salsa from the fridge aisle, not the refrigerated section, not from... You can get it in jars Chaz. on the crisp aisle. That, that's disgusting. Big difference between the two? Yeah, because one of them's got preservatives in, I'm guessing. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we've set the scene nicely. Um, is there any other business before we move on to this week's film? Uh, what uh, I was going to ask you what your expenditure's been this weekend, but it's a Friday, so we haven't reached the weekend yet. No. Is that a format point for this podcast? <laughs> uh, no, I think that was just a... Um, you know, that was just... That came up in conversation, didn't it? it yeah, it's just, just conversation. I, I've noticed that... Um, a new format point that's made its way and seems to be setting the scene. Yeah, is it important that we? It's important we set the scene each week. Um, well, I'll let, yeah. I'll let fate be the judge of that. Yeah, yeah. Do write in on that one. Uh, we've had uh, just before we begin, Sam. Mm. We've had we had a, a write in from a young man who didn't mince his words. Uh oh. On the subject of. Uh, Crisp choice, he said. It's a personal preference, and I'm a firm believer of live and let live, and all that jazz. But objectively, I think a flavourless crisp, even without a neutral salt coating, is, by its very existence, surely the bleakest of crisps. To come from that background and casually toss the word bleak at Monster Munch is insanity. Okay, well, I'll I'll take exception to... 
one thing that uh, the young man said there. What, do we have a name? The young man's name was, let me see, someone called Liam. Okay, Liam. Thank you for thank you for writing in. Um, granted, I didn't put the salt sachet on the salt and shake crisps, but that doesn't make them flavourless in my eyes. You've, <laughs> you've still got a um, deep fried potato good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you say that, you know, if I was to buy a um, rump steak at a restaurant, mm. if I say that this, I want to buy a rump steak yeah. from the menu, yeah. um, and they'd say, okay, do you want a sauce? I'd say, no, I don't want a sauce because I want to taste the steak. If they said, do you want a little bit, a little bit of salt on that, what would you say? If they said, can we just season it as we cook it? I'd say I'd rather you didn't. Maybe what we're seeing here is the superiority of potato-based crisps and maize-based crisps, if I am, if I was to be so bold. You're, you're kicking the hornet's nest again. I feel I feel you're being bloody, in the words of Jordan Peterson, bloody-minded. Well, if I was to um, say, with a gun to your head, maize crisps or potato crisps, what would you say? And if I give the wrong choice, my brains are blown out. No, you just if if you don't give me an answer, you be brains and pull it out. That's what that well, means. My answer is maize based crisps. Is it? Well, obviously, yeah. I, I don't know if that's obvious. Is it? Well, I'm a Monster Munch fan. Yeah, yeah. And Monster Munch fans are known for being like super fans. Partisan. A bit partisan, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I like it. What can I say? If you like someone, you, if you like a crisp, you like a crisp. You know, if you so, can call it a crisp. So you think that all mm, well. So you think that all Monster Munch fans across the board prefer maize-based crisps to potato? No, I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that. Cast aspirations. I'm. I'm not going to cast aspirations like that. Um, yeah, I, I did well. You snooked me a little bit on the on the steak. Um, yeah, the steak thing. Um, all I'm doing by not putting the salt on the crisps is relishing the natural qualities of the of the potato crisp but it's like you don't know what better options are out there sometimes until you try them and then you try them and you're like oh why have I you know like power steering like once you've had power steering and then you drive a car from the 80s or earlier and mm. you're like, what is it what why is there no power steering yeah well we're back to butter aren't we are we? Well, that, that's what people say about butter. Like, if, once you make the tr- transition from margarine to butter, it's difficult to go back to. You, you, yeah. you really do taste how margarine's not that nice. So I'm sensing here that you're holding. You're like quite. You're a bit of a monk, and you're holding yourself back from like hedonistic pursuits in life. Like you want to, you want everything. You want to be restrained because you're worried about what if what what Pandora's box will you open if you start. Trying new things. Um, no, if I may, it sounds like you and Liam are assuming that I've never, I've never put salt to crisp, to salt and shake. Right. Uh, I have done that. Yeah. I just decided against it for the you know ninety nine percent of the times. And preferred yeah. it without the salt. Mm. Without the what? Salt. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Live and let live, as Liam said. Um, but. 
I think it was just the characterization of Monster Munch as a bleak crisp. Yeah, let's not. I can't. I can't talk about that. Okay. To this week. Okay. Let's okay. this week talk about two o four six by one Kawai. Uh, to be honest, I've been dreading doing this. This is the most insane... It's impossible to do a prognosis of this film, so I don't even think it's think, worth trying. If I was to... Tr- uh, let me try. Let <clears throat> me try. So, But keep it really brief. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. So um, it begins with saying, that in the future, there's a train that goes all over the that connects the whole world. Yeah. Um, and this train is going to a place called 2046... Yeah, you're not allowed to read it from your phone. No, right. sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm getting the uh, names of the protagonists. Okay, good. Um, when we and so we meet um, our hero, who is um, Chalmer One, as he goes to two hundred four six. Two hundred four six turns out to be a hotel room, and in the hotel room, nothing changes. M- memories come back. I mean, I'm getting this from. S- synopses that I've read since watching the film. Yeah. I didn't really pick this up in the film. Yeah. Um, but in the hotel, the Orient Hotel in Hong Kong, he's, he's gone from Singapore to Hong Kong on this train. Um, and he basically has a string of love affairs, but all these love affairs are kind of in the shadow of another love affair that he had in um, Singapore. Uh, it keeps saying that the, the year is 19... It goes from like 1967 onwards, I think. Yeah, at the beginning it says that this train's in the future. I don't understand that. Um, and it's kind of noir in turn, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very odd. It's it's very, it's kind of goes back and forth in time. There's something about him writing... Uh, so Chow is writing a um, a sci-fi novel. Um, so there's like snippets of the sci-fi novel, which kind of reflect his own life and his, and the characters that he comes across in his own life. Um, he's a gambler. He he uh, engages with uh, sex workers. His his job is running parties in clubs, hostess clubs. Right, okay. They're organizing parties and banquets and and stuff, and he and he and he, and he cavorts with sex workers, doesn't he? And, mm-hmm. and and a lot of the female characters in this film are, are are sex workers. Yeah, yeah. Apart from what one who is a uh, well, there's two that are the daughters of the person who runs the hotel. Yeah. Um, and then there's yeah two that are sex workers. A gambler, another female gambler. A female gambler, and that's the one that you have the love affair with in um, Singapore. That yeah. kind of is his, that seems to be like the love of his life. Mm-hmm. It was confusing stuff. <coughs> Very difficult watch. 
I think that prognosis was good. All right, uh, who wants to do? Let's hear your quick thoughts. Um, a, a very difficult watch. I watched it in two sittings. Um, I wasn't looking forward to the second sitting. Um, I think I think I watched probably two thirds of it, maybe a bit more in the first sitting. Um, it, it annoyed me in a, a similar way to um, how um, Black Cat, White Cat irritated me but it's a very different film this is a very sort of slow stylish film I've pinpointed one thing that I've, that's definitely added to my irritation I'll get onto later um, but this was probably I'd say the, the least enjoyable experience I've had watching a film as part of this project I think you say I think you love to say that I think you said that about three other films on this uh, I yeah I, but I agree with you, pretty okay, much. Okay, okay. My quick thoughts, it was a... Uh, I watched it with Emma. Right. She said a few times, this is sexist, this film. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I agree. It was. I described this film as a sexist sex festival. <laughs> but the, the sex wasn't even very titillating either, was it? I, I, I found it. I was thinking of reintroducing the, the erotic well, waiting I thought you might be, yeah. for this podcast because um, no, I, th- I thought it was really erotic. One of the sex scenes, right? Okay, uh, where the where the camera was above the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was pretty erotic. It was pretty erotic. It was pretty erotic stuff. I thought. I think there's maybe um, potential to be more erotic, but we're, talk- we're talking oh. China, aren't we? What you mean? They can't be too. They can't go too erotic because of the, the censorship and stuff. Yeah. Maybe not, or maybe it's just in the cult. The culture's a bit more conservative, maybe mm-hmm. convent traditional. Mm-hmm. You might say, um, yeah, um, yeah, a lot. Yeah, there could be a bit more t- titillation, but I, yeah, I thought it was a, a film about sex and relationships, but all from the male character's perspective. Mm-hmm. And he was he, he he was like a sort of. I, I'm trying to. Do, Think of like a Jack, a Jack the Lad from Western film. It might be Michael Caine in the film Alfie or something like that. Uh, a sort of Lothario. But without any sort of charisma, really. No, no. Like that actor, Tony Leung, is um, a heartthrob, believe it or not, in Hong Kong. No, I can believe that because he's a very handsome man. Oh, but you just said... He's not a charismatic man. Right, not charismatic. Um, but then his charisma might be carried in his accent. His accent, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, because you, if, <laughs> if you if you were foreign and you watched if you were, if you were an English speaker and you watched a film with Sean Bean, yeah, and someone said he's he's a heartthrob, they'd say why, yeah, and you'd say because of his accent, yeah, 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 potentially, potentially. Um, to get back to where I was, mm-hmm. his character was a kind of Lothario, wasn't he? He described himself as a ladies' man. Yeah. But he was also pretty creepy, wasn't he? And forceful. Yes. Yeah. And um, and all and as Emma, my partner, pointed out, all the women in it were just seen there to, were just to please men. And just they were they were presented as objects, and she said that they weren't really three dimensional characters, and it was just all about this bloke's journey. And I I kind of 
said, oh, is it because that's the world that they're portraying on screen? They're portraying hostess hostess clubs in mm. the 60s where uh, sex workers being and the clubs being run by men. So are they portraying that world where women do fawn over men and, and men rule their every step in life? Mm. Um, but she was still like, yeah, but it's still just not good to watch that sexist sort of perspective it didn't seem to be commenting on that did it not really but I guess um, I guess the the like main one the main woman in his life the black was she called the black widow the black spider the black spider she was a bit she had a bit more agency and yeah chutzpah yeah Um, chutzpah did you say (laughs) putzpah I said chutzpah Huxfer, Huxfer, <laughs> is it Ch- Chutzfer? Chut, Huxfer. I mean, you've got Chutzfer, C H U T Z, P A H, Chutzfer, Chutzfer. And you said Huxfer. <clears throat> How would you spell that? <clears throat> like, Hots- like that, like Tottenham. I think I thought that the C was um, silent. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Yeah, um, is it? Is it though? Um, well, I don't know. Do do writing. If we got any um, Jewish Jewish listeners, listeners America, yeah, just anyone who speaks Yiddish or or is it? I don't know if it's Russian or Jewish. I've no idea. No, I, I assume it's it's uh, yeah Jewish, but so the Black Spider character, she had a bit of chutzpah. I think so. Yeah, she was like he was reliant on her to win back that money. Um, he was kind of bereft that she wasn't in his life anymore. Um, I can't remember how their relationship ended now, was it? It just sort of, she decided it ended, I think. Yeah. So that there's a bit, there's a bit of a, there's a bit more sort of, yeah, female agency and a bit of, uh, yeah, a bit of, uh, he got his comeuppance a little bit. And mm. yeah, and I read in a number of synopses that he's meant to be like heartbroken by the end because, He's been a playboy all his life, but this his one true love he kind of let slip out of his hands. Uh, but I didn't get that impression from the film. Uh, I kind of, I think I got that impression because he went on, he talked sort of throughout, didn't he? Yeah, but I didn't feel it so much. I didn't. I, I just didn't care. I didn't. I, no. didn't, I didn't care about this guy. And um, the thing that annoyed me was that the dialogue was either too fast and I couldn't read it, or it was too slow and it infuriated me like especially I think it was his the third um, so she it was an actor who she's been in like Crouch and Tiger Hidden Dragon and stuff since Zang- Zangzi yeah so she talked very slowly um, and apparently people absolutely raved about her um, acting performance I thought she was brilliant in this um, I thought she was the most watchable the first third of the film that she was in I thought that was quite interesting mm. Yeah, um, but you can't say she spoke slowly. She she was just speaking. Each character spoke their own dialect. So she spoke Mandarin. Tony Lung, the main character, spoke Cantonese. The Japanese character spoke Japanese. But she would, so she would say a sentence. Yeah. Then she would say another sentence. And then she would say another sentence. She had very sparse dialogue. Got to make the most of it. I'd say that, that, what was it, two and a half hours? It could have probably been two hours if she uh, spoke quicker. 
I think, I think if she spoke quicker, it would have been a, to, to a detriment to her great acting in this. And I think she was the standout thing of this film. I, to be honest, I probably agree with you there. It was just by the end, I was like, it just I just wanted it to end. I think. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you and. Is it your first one car wide film? Well, this is what yeah, this is what I need to speak to you about. How how much can I expect from one car wide? How, how different are his other films? And apparently, this is a sequel as well, isn't it? Have you seen the other films in this? This is the third. Yeah, this is the sequel. Yeah, I've seen the other ones. Yeah. And and what? How are they compared to this? This film is it, it, a disappointment to me. His other films are really good. Um, yeah, this is the sequel to As Tears Go By and In the Mood for Love. But again, they're the least favourite of my films of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a great film called Chunking Express, a really good film called Fallen Angels, and another one called Happy Together, set in Argentina. Uh, and those three are top draw. But yeah, they are all similar. They all have, they're all episodic. In structure, they all have voiceovers. Um, they all have a lot, a use of loads of music. A lot, a lot of the time, loads of music, loads of slow motion. Um, I didn't like. I didn't like the slow motion as well. It reminded me of that um, that uh, Garth Marenghi episode where he said that the episodes were running under, so they had to add loads of um, <laughs> slow mo into book book the time time of the episode up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they're all stylistically uh, pretty much the same, but um, okay. but his other films are great, right? And I'm not so keen on, and they all are about love and relationships as well. Um, but the other ones have got a bit more story and a bit more joie de vivre. But this film did have some good stuff going for it, though, didn't it? Yes, yeah. Like, like. Um, I really, I thought his. I really you've appreciate. Got, you've got a wry smile. Listeners, <laughs> I just want to say, well, Sam, well, Sam's you, got a wry smile right now. Could, when, be, I, when I said it had some good stuff going for it, <laughs> because you made that sound like we'd discussed in in advance the, the stuff that we've talked about that's good about the film. <laughs> you thought I was like handing it over like a TV <laughs> yeah. presenter would do. Um. I enjoyed. Well, well uh, I'll say what I enjoyed. Yeah, go on. Incredible cinematography, incredible set design and costumes, um, great use of music. Mm. Uh, it, it like it was like really incredible to look at, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, and I think it was really sort of atmospheric, and I think it did that noir thing well. I think his suits were very nice. I, I, I really appreciate his suits. Um, I really didn't like the sci-fi gaudiness of the sci-fi. That especially that, the train thing was. That's when graphic. it went. That's when it went off piece. When once they introduced androids into the mix, yeah. Um, that's when it got a bit Austin Powers. Yeah. With the uh, fembot fembots. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Very but similar to that. To to his to one car wise credit, um, the characters in the sci fi thing wore little ear pieces that were in their ears all the time. They looked like um, shark's teeth or something. Yeah, but not dissimilar to um, 
ear pods that we we do actually have now in the future. I mean, the film was made in two thousand and four, so there would have been some kind of earpiece like that already. Do think so? Do think so? I think you're selling Apple short thereby. I I I was. When was it? What was what film was it? Two thousand three or four? Two. No, sorry, three. Well, I, I moved back to Hong Kong in two thousand and four. And I'm pretty sure people had those earpieces. Like, you could, like, connect it to your mobile phone somehow, maybe by a wire. Yeah, by a wire, but this yeah. is, we're talking, we're talking... Um, Bluetooth. Yeah. I think that was uh, excellent um, foresight. So, you, you're praising their sci-fi foresight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, foresight. Sci-fi foresight rating of a of a good eight or nine, I'd say. A, a foresight, a foresight rating. Yeah, sci-fi, sci-fi combined with foresight. Oh, foresight, 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 rating. Um, but the haircuts went left a little bit to be desired, didn't they? They were just sort of bigger, weren't they? The haircuts. They they must have predicted that the haircuts would get bigger in the future. Yeah, in the future, in 2046, they had bigger hairs. Yeah. Bigger, not bigger hairs, they had bigger <laughs> haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just got a bit Austin Powers. It also got a bit a bit 90s music video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hype Williams. Pardon? Hype Williams. Who's that? He did sort of like Buster Rhymes videos and oh, a few yeah. other, lots of like silver metallic Yeah, I know the video you mean, yeah. Where he's dressed as a, a marching soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me some. One. Give me some more. I think it's called. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Are you a Buster Rhymes fan? Uh, well, funnily enough, I had a conversation with Norm about Buster Rhymes this week, um, and he had a really good Buster Rhymes anecdote that if we get him back on the podcast, we should get him to share with us. I'd love to hear that. Definitely. got a couple of connections to this film all oh, right so it's it's set in hong kong yeah i've got incredibly tenuous connections right good um well this is what i wanted to ha- i was going to ask you how much did it reflect the hong kong way of life um pretty i mean i wasn't there in the 60s when mm-hmm. this film was set okay but pretty accurate in some part in in some of their attitudes around sex, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, and and stuff. What about the soft walls? Yeah, uh, that was yeah. Th- so there was a scene in the film where there was some love making, and it would the the entire wall would move a little bit, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I I lived in. I mean, I, I wanna, so I lived in Wan Wan Chai, which is where he lives for the first section of this film. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I lived in the same location, and yeah, um, the walls were thin, definitely. Is that where the Orient, the I think it's called the Oriental Hotel in the film. Is that where that is? Then, um, I mean, I don't know if it's a real hotel or not. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, I did have a similar experience living in my flat of someone who brought someone back to the flat, and the wall was, it was like it was kind of in the same room as them. Right. Okay. Yeah. I reckon mm. I've lived in um, three um, 
houses, three houses when that's where that's been the, that's been an issue. The walls have been thin, mm-hmm. or ceilings. Yeah, it's um, it's an it's an oversight, isn't it? And they need to be more strict on building regulation. Yeah, I think so. They should get very loud love makers to test. Yeah, definitely. Just just don't skimp on interior non load non non load bearing walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, insulation. You know, yeah, it's um, it's it's a tra- nothing short of a tragedy. Um, but yeah, I lived in Wan Chai. Um, no, but it can be a confusing emotion, can it? Uh, what can? When you hear love making through all, it's brought back another when I another memory of Wan Chai. I, I lived in um, yeah, I lived in what a flat with Liam, and the people above us were very loud love makers. Um, a very large man and a very small lady that we used to meet in the lift quite often and just like politely nod hello. Um, and I've never, never heard anything like it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Before or since. Mm. Unbelievable. Directly above my room. Yeah, it was, it was just... like, the, it was like the Fox experience I was talking about last week. Similar. It's sonic, sonically similar. Sonically similar. Yeah. Just like, Insanely st- stamina, insanely insane. I think insane. stamina is a common thing out of all my experiences of here. I mean, maybe my expectation is just low, but yeah, the the loud love makers seem to be the long love makers, don't they? This this would this would take place between five to fifteen minutes. It right, was, it was just like it was just like. Um, Intense, but thankfully quite short. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose maybe it's just that it seems a long time when you're having to listen to it. Because um, 15 yeah. minutes, you know. I mean, yeah, 15 minutes, is, yeah. Long it, time to listen to it, isn't it? Yeah. It was probably five to seven minutes each time, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And it was always at like four in the morning. It right. would actually wake me up. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I never said anything to them. Difficult one to raise, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, that's one connection. The other connection is um, one car wise. Other film, Chunking Express. Express is based in a huge building in Hong, in on the Kowloon side of Hong Kong called Chunking Mansions, and uh, I used to visit there a lot, and it was like a den of inequity iniquity iniquity it well it was just, uh, it wasn't just iniquity it was just a den of everything uh it was where a lot of the uh indian immigrants lived lived there were a lot of like curry houses in built in people's flats you take lifts up to like Ill- illegal restaurants right. and, but also there'd be like gambling dens and uh the on the on the ground floor there was shops and food stalls and people hassling you trying to sell you stuff you, you could go there and buy hash hashish or it, yeah so we used to visit there quite often and go to a curry restaurant called the, the kyber pass all oh, right yeah it was a nice curry um it was delicious the best curry you've ever had yeah definitely you had to take this tiny lift up and then i think you had to change floor 
and then change left, go to a certain floor, change left, and then oh. and then you go into someone's flat, and it was a curry house. How many how many covers? Probably is that tables or people? Uh, people. Probably about fifty. They crammed in there. In wow, there. in yeah. a flat. It was a big flat. Right. Actually, yeah, um, but How it was but it was pokey. You were crammed in. How many covers do you think you'd be able to get in your house if you were to set it up as an illegal restaurant? Um, that's a good question. I think I could. Well, including the air raid shelter in the basement. I didn't realise there was an air raid shelter in the basement. In, in, yeah, there is. Um, is it hollow? Is it? Can you get down there? Yeah. Well, yeah, include it. It's horrible down there. Well, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd make it less horrible. So I'd have to sort the basement out. Yeah. I mean, it's an expensive job. You, you have to get like a pump installed and a dehumidifier and stuff, like an industrial dehumidifier. Well, I went to um, a shop on Lark Lane before and they utilised their basement and it was the dampest smelling place I've ever smelled. Yeah, some basements are not meant to be used. Mm-hmm. Get the, Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> Do you ever say that? What, Did, who's, didn't who did you say memo? that to people? Didn't you ever? Didn't you get the memo? What memo? Yeah, exactly. Didn't, so no, you don't use that. Oh no, I didn't get. No, I mean, I didn't get the. You didn't get the memo the, about the basement. About asking the question about the memo. Yeah, yeah. Well. um you didn't get the memo about that no. about the memo um, I'd say I, I could, do sorry I do remember when Jay-Z played Glastonbury and he said I, I don't know if you all got the memo but I'm Jay-Z did he? yeah that's that's a funny one to say to use the memo thing for is it? I don't know if you got the memo but I'm Jay-Z well I don't know if he followed it up with saying I'm Jay-Z and I'm you know Really good, have a really good rapper or something, uh, or I just say that. I don't know if you got them. It's a bit desperate if you have to explain who you are. Well, I think if you say, I don't know if you got the memo, then you're basically saying this is obvious. Aren't you? That's another way of saying it. It's, that's yeah, he's kind of saying that I'm, I'm, I'm. It's kind of like saying I'm, a, I'm a bit of a big deal. Maybe he's like people weren't dancing or something. No, it was, it was when he first came on, if I remember rightly. Right. Don't know if you all got the memo, but I'm Jay Z and I'm a pretty big deal. I thought he was playing Wonderwall when he came out. Yeah, well, I think he maybe played Wonderwall and then he said that. I don't know if you got the memo, but I'm Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be funny. Yeah, maybe he was worried that people thought he was Oasis. Yeah, it could be confusing. I should have listen. That was confusing. I should have sent a memo. I'm not Oasis. I'm Jay Z. Anyway, yeah, really big deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sure. I've lost my train of thought. Uh, you were going to tell me how many covers your house would take if you yeah, turned into a... Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, I think I could get um, use the bedrooms as well. Yeah. And keep the bathroom as a bathroom for people to yeah, use. Yeah, I think that's the legal requirement um, in a legal restaurant. And take all my furniture out and just put tables in and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I could get... I get 60 in. 60? Yeah. Maybe 80. And are you using hallways there? No. No, that's, you know, fire regulations. And you know, what about the kitchen? 
No, I need that to cook. So, and you could still get 60 in your house? Yeah. 30, yeah, 30 downstairs, 30 upstairs. Easy. Easy. Oh. 15 in the sitting room, 15 in dining room, 15 in each bedroom. Easy. It's worth... I'd say 80. 80. It's worth worth considering. What cuisine would you, would you serve? Uh, probably Pan-Asian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Discover all the Asian bases. Thai, Japanese, Chinese, etc. Yeah. Vietnamese. Yeah. yeah. Um, Indonesian. Oh, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Australasian. Uh, no, I'm not such a fan of that food. What's that? I don't know, but it's not good. <laughs> not good. I don't know. There's not much. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 we don't want to. We don't want to poke that hornet's nest. No, no, don't kick the hornet's nest, especially the Aussies. Um, yeah, I won't go through all my other connections because I think we're tight on time. And okay. They, and they were really tenuous at best. So we're 40 minutes in. We're 40 minutes in. I did want to ask another question. Um, just maybe then, then we'll stop talking about the film, maybe. Yeah. Don't have to, but um, there was quite an intense gift-giving scene where where he insisted giving her a pink box. Oh, yes, and yeah. And he was very forceful with giving her this gift. She yeah. didn't want the box. Yeah, and what was the gift? I think it, it was a pair of, like, nylon sexy gloves. Well, something. there you go. It was the black gloves that the uh, black widow's oh, spider yeah. always wore. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, what I'm saying, it was very intense the way he gave her a present. Yeah. Have you ever experienced a very intense gift? Have you ever received a very intense gift? Have uh, I ever received a very intense gift? Um, I have. <laughs> go on, you tell me yours. Um, do you remember when Jim Davidson gave me those power beads? In it, <laughs> like a bracelet. <laughs> Ionic bracelet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was really intense experience. Yeah. Um... But know. so Jim uh, James Davidson, uh, friend of ours, is very thoughtful. Uh, you know, he, he likes to make an effort to give people presents. Yes, uh, I think at that yes. point in time, he didn't really know you very well. He's, he he definitely know me for a good while. Then. Had he? This yeah, because I remember him. I think after that, he was quite sensitive about your reaction to it. If it felt like he'd. It was a misstep to give you those beads. Honestly, I think so. Yeah. So you're sort of I I, I compounding that now. No, because I don't think I reacted strongly when he gave them to me. I thought I hit, I hid whatever emotion I was feeling quite well. He's very perceptive. He's a very perceptive man. Yeah. Um, I, I I I I politely thanked him. So said, "Oh, what a really nice thing to do." So this was like a wrist. Uh, a wristband, a wrist, br- a bracelet made of beads, and they promoted good health. Uh, and yeah, it came with like a leaflet that said they're ionic, and they have like so some magical power. Yeah, yeah. And Jim, Jim subscribed to that, didn't he? Well, I, 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 I know him as a cynic. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I, Jim doesn't subscribe to that, and I was surprised that he. I mean, maybe I've talked to him about spiritual, uh, maybe I've talked to, to him about certain psychedelic experiences I've had and stuff, mm-hmm. 
um, and how I do subscribe to a higher power in a way. Uh, yeah, uh, but but I don't. But I kind of draw the line at Reiki and crystals. Crystals, okay. A, a little bit. No, crystals not so much. But cause that's you know, it's a nice thing to have. But yeah, it was just a funny thing, um, and uh, I, I thought it was quite a provocative gift giving. I, 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 you, you said that you say that Jim Davidson's very uh, kind. And wanted to do the right, but I, I thought he was maybe doing it to see how I'd react a little bit. No, I mean, there's all sorts of um, overthinking going. I think with this present, I think that yeah. I think Jim overthink thought it when he was picking the present. Yeah, you've overthought your uh, reaction to it. Oh yeah. no, your his his um, Intention. intentions with it, um, and then Jim's overthought your reaction. I, I'm sure I didn't give. I'm sure I gave a really nice reaction. I mean, maybe he was not that confident when he was giving it. Don't know. Um, yeah. So, but you think it was? He was trying to provoke a, re- a reaction. I think. I think he wanted to see uh, a little bit how I'd, I'd react to it, like a challenge. Yeah, throwing down a gauntlet. A, t- a tiny bit. Yeah. See. See. Let's see if he's really. He really. Let's see if he's really into this spiritual stuff that he'll wear this ionic right, bracelet okay. or something. No, I, or, think, or, I think you've misconstrued this situation. No, I, I Well, no, I, I Yeah. I think it was also the lockdown days where we had more time on our hands <laughs> and we all thought about things a lot more and did kind of strange things a little, a little bit. So this wasn't when we lived together? Was this when we went out on Smithdown Road? Yeah. Oh, uh, right, okay. So I think it was in between all the lockdowns. Right, something. yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, like, people... Yeah, things were more intense. We did things with more intent and did things we wouldn't normally do. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, challenge people through gift-giving. Yeah, 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 no, I... Look, it was a really nice thing to do. Yeah, at the end of the day. No, I think I think the I think his heart was in the right place. Me too, me too. Um, I do. But I, you're not. You know, I noticed that you're not wearing the the bracelet now. I'm not. I'm not. How's your health been? Pretty bad, actually. Yeah, lots of muscle aches, uh, lots of viral sort sort of long COVID type symptoms. Have you? Do you still own the bracelet? I'm not sure. Okay, okay. I'm not sure. No, let's leave that there. Let's leave that there. Um, I don't think I've really... I can't think of any... I mean, someone once bought me... Um, Sam's looking at the dehumidifier. No, well, I don't know. That was very much my um, my gift to the world, really. You, you you invented the dehumidifier. <laughs> someone once bought me um, Simply Red's um, autobiography. Uh, a biography of Simply Red. That was me. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it was you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I think you also bought me Rod Stewart a similar book about Rod Stewart. I don't remember that. Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, difficult to know what to sort of do with that. Well, it's, it's good for your health, isn't it? It's ionic. <laughs> I don't know if you were thinking, oh, he's a music fan, so I'll challenge how much he really does love music because this is a music. This is someone. That, produces music so how much does he really enjoy music I mean I can't see them on your bookshelf they're on, they're on the, well one of them's on the bottom shelf where's the other one <laughs> I'm not sure okay 
Yeah, I mean, they might think of it as an investment. They might appreciate in value. Mm. In value, no, they? no, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the thought was there, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. Um, shall we move on to geese count? Geese count. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How many geese did you see in this film? I didn't see geese. I didn't see swans. I didn't see ducks. You don't have to mention swans or ducks. I didn't see cormorants. You don't have to mention all other birds. Um, no, not no. I mean, another thing I'll say about this film is much of it seems to be very tight shots on faces, would you say? Yeah, I'd agree. Which, again, that annoyed me as well. I want to see what's going on in the peripheries. That's interesting because Emma said... It, she said it was interesting how it all you didn't see the wider world. It all took place in that re, those really contained the hotel, the 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 club. You didn't see it was such a, it was claustrophobic, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I kind of enjoy that. I kind of like that. I do. But I'd, I'd say there's not many good films about hotel rooms. Well, it. it are there? I, I can name you one. Go on. Well, I say I can name you. I can't remember the title of it, but we we covered it on this podcast. And this film reminded me of a bad version of it. A, ho- a film in a hotel room. Well, no, it centres around a hotel room. What? What? Jim Jarmusch is uh, mystery train. That that didn't just take place in a hotel room. But it was the the hotel room was the um, the linking thing. Yeah. 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 I think there's a film with Jim Carrey in a hotel room, like a serious one, which isn't good. Oh really? Yeah. Cable guy. No, 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 like a horror one or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, films about hotel rooms are few and far between. Ro- is there a film called Room that's about a hotel room? Mm, that's not a hotel room. Okay. It's really that's it's a dark. dark. It's very dark. Yeah. I don't want to go into it. Okay. It's far, far from a hotel room. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go stay there. Mm, okay. I mean, there was a Christmas tree. Yeah, well, it was a Christmas film. Yeah, so I did think, here we go, boiled goose, sorry, roast goose, or um, maybe if if not that, at least goose fat on the roast potatoes. Mm. And they did eat a Christmas dinner at one point, and I thought, oh, here we go. But it was more like a Chinese soup. So might have had goose in it. So is is Christmas more of a thing in Hong Kong than it is in the rest of China? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, they, they kind of, um, it's a bank holiday um, and yeah, there's still some hangover from the from the colonial occupation by mm-hmm. Britain and they, and kind of like they do put up Christmas de- decorations around the city and stuff. I mean, he was saying, holiday. Chow was saying he wouldn't want to be alone on Christmas and stuff. Which Yeah, and there was a few, couple of Christmas songs in the film. Yeah, some old timey ones, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah, but to get back to the goose, I thought I might have seen one on on the train. What the futuristic train? Yeah. Uh, 
in sci-fi, in the sci-fi bit. Yeah. I don't think you get, you won't get geese in sci-fi. Not in, not, not that bit, the bit at the start and the end where the train was speeding through the station. You thought it was all goose? Maybe. It was going really fast. Okay. Well, what is it? So what's that? Like, you know, like a magic eye. You know, magic eye, you defocus your uh, eyes. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. No, it was... that, if it was moving quickly, I thought if I just blurred my eyes a little bit, yeah. I could maybe see one. Well, I did see the you know, logo. Like a, the neck of a goose is quite long, isn't it? Yeah. Like a train. So how does that affect the goose rating? I give it... Give it one. one. One goose. Right, one goose. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen a goose in a film since Black Cat, White Cat. No, and I don't think we saw one before that. Right. Time to drop the rate, that as a, a metric? If you think so. If you think that's... Um, what you're saying you want me to reintroduce Rise Smile Factor? Yeah. Yeah. This film had a Rise Smile Factor of zero. Um, the only thing I can think of is the like hotel manager character was quite a bu- like a bubbly sort of yeah. effervescent presence, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a bit of comic relief, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't smile because I was too annoyed. Yeah, I'd, I'd say first half of the film, I was intrigued, re- really enjoying it. From the moment it got futuristic, I lost interest. Yeah, you're yeah. out. Yeah, and for that reason. I'm out. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right, then. Shall we move on? Yes. What stand-up have you been preparing this week? Um, so this is... Uh, the, I don't know how this will play, but what how, what do you think to this? Um, I've decided to become a conspiracy theorist. That, you mean that's what you'd say? This is what I'd say. I'm sort of doing it as a... Right, go on. Um, and every every conspiracy theorist needs a theory. Yeah. So I'll say that. And then I say, my theory is um, there's a concerted effort to wipe the memory of the TV series My Name is Elle from the collective consciousness. And then there's a laugh. Yeah. It's a beat. I think, do you call that a beat? Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A beat, yeah. It's a beat. And then yeah. I say, and I've got three evidence I've got three pieces of evidence for this oh right yeah I thought that was it go on um, none of the actors have been in anything since the series My Name Is L. good you won't find My Name Is L on any streaming platform is it not an E4 pretty sure it is and um, no baby since the airing of the, since the My Name Is L finished has been called, has been named Al. <laughs> <laughs> you did <laughs> You did like an annoyed face at the end, like you'd, you'd, you'd messed up the punch. The punch. <laughs> you did a face like you messed up the punch, the punch line. <laughs> like you'd really prepared it. <laughs> well, why did you make that annoyed face? <laughs> I think, I think, um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. What was the last bit? No one's named the baby Earl since the end, because that would ask that would cause people to ask questions. Because people would rem- remember it. Yeah. What? Why would it cause people to ask questions? Well, because people. What it's called Earl. Hang on. 
what about that series? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, because okay, so yeah. my, my name is L was on. It felt like constantly on Channel Four and E Four, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week from I don't know probably the years two thousand and six to two thousand and forty six ten. <laughs> um, so it was um, it was a huge had a huge place in the public consciousness at, at that point because it was yeah. on all the yeah. all the time. Yeah, um, and then it went, and all of a sudden no one talks about it. Yeah. Do that click again. And then it went. That's great, that. And all of a sudden, no one talks about it. One more time. Then it it was everywhere. And all of a sudden, it went. Yeah. No one talks about it. Good. So should should I add that that bit? Definitely do that in the stand-up. Yeah, definitely do that bit. Um, I don't think you've got a point. It's a bit like the Mandela effect, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. you bring in a conspiracy theory thing because I think people like that, don't they? Because that's quite a hot topic. It's a hot topic at the moment. Um, and uh, would you mention like any any bona fide? Not not bona fide. I don't mean real. I mean, would you mention any well known conspiracy theories as a preamble before you before you say, guess what mine is, sort of thing? I don't know. Would you say, oh, you know, you've got your JFK, you've got your Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Um, Diana. Anti-vax. Maybe don't mention. Dando. Jill Dando. Jill Dando theories. Lady Diana. Uh, Pizzagate. QAnon. Mm-hmm. Guess what mine is? Go on. My name is L. They're trying to delete my name is L from the public conscience. For three reasons, and then you say, "They say, no, hear me out, hear, hear me out." That's, that's what you say. Yeah, no, hear me out, hear me out. No, hear me out. No, hear me out. Hear me out. I've got three pieces of evidence. And could you go instead of saying number one? Could you say numero one? <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe I say evidence A, exhibit. A. No, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> exhibit A. Yeah. And I think I did that in a bad order when I told you before. I think I just start with, you will not find my name is L on any streaming platform. You see, that's good, good because no one really knows because no, no one cares. But I thought it was on a streaming but platform. But no one knows for sure. You see, there's enough doubt, there's enough doubt for it to work. You I see. think it's on Freeview, a Freeview channel, like E4 plus there's enough. There's enough doubt. Exhibit B, no actor from my name is L has worked since the end of my name is L. Good. Exhibit C. No baby since the end of my name is L has been named L. Because it 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 would it would um it would provoke too many questions. No, I think that's before, isn't it? The click. Yeah. When was the click? What did you say for the click? Um when everyone after everyone laughs at the when I set yeah. out the the premise, yeah, I say that show was bloody everywhere between two thousand six and two thousand and ten, yeah, and then just like that, nowhere to be seen. So that's before, and then after you've done your three points, how about you say case closed or or arrest? I could do, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's got a bit of mileage actually because there's also. Um, 
the actor and it was called Jason Lee. Yeah. And there was also a, a footballer called Jason Lee who's um, received a lot of racist um, hatred. No, I think that confuses it. I think maybe. I think that confuses it. I think don't 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 do that. Because I know I was going to bring David Baddiel into it, but no, I don't think that's. Oh really? Yeah. Well, you could try that next week. Okay. Um, no, I don't think so. You could bring up Brandon Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, who was in the Crow. Is there? A, is there? A, there's probably conspiracy theories to do with him. Is there? He died on the set. He of the died crow. on set. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably is. Mm. You could bring in Jackie um, Chan. Pardon? Jackie Chan. What about him? You think uh, he did face it? Face blind. <laughs> That's going to take a lot of explaining. So mm. let's not go... I thought that was... Let's not go into Jackie Chan face blindness. Okay. Material. Um, Ian, I was just Ian, thinking Lee. Of Ian Lee. Yeah, Ian Lee. He's my um, inspiration. He is? Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, because he trained, retrained as a. I'm starting to um, train to be a counselor because I heard Ian Lee talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Is he a good role model? Um, no. Yeah, I mean, he might have. He might have. He might have put his naughty antics to bed. He has. He has. Yeah. He t- he he talks on a, on this podcast. I listen to about his various problems and how he's getting through them. If we don't believe in forgiveness and society, if we don't believe in people growing, then what hope do we have? That's good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not talking about the really bad one. Mm. Really bad ones. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, is that all the Lee Stanley? Stanley, the comics book. Um, yeah. Impresario. Yeah. These these have all had a lot. These Lee, are all people Lee, with called Lee, Lee Mavers. Yeah, these are all people called Lee that have had long, distinguished careers. And where's Jason Lee? Well, yeah. If if you were doing it at a club in Liverpool, you could bring up Lee Mavers. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've met him. What was he like? Um, I, I off, his, off his head. No, I just said to him, "Oh, hi, Lee. You're a brilliant singer. I'm a singer myself. Did you get lessons, sing, singing lessons?" Was this when you were in a band? Yeah. Did you actually say that? Yeah. To him? You you were drunk. Yeah. What did he say? No. That was it. Just yeah. No. And then I tried to carry on the conversation, and it, I mean this is excruciating. I tried. Uh, someone had once told me <clears throat> that he um, comes into the bank every so often to cash checks from there. She goes being used in adverts and films and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I just relayed that to him. Someone who worked in a bank told you that and you told that to Lee Mavis. Yeah. My friend says they see you come in and cash your checks for there. She goes. Yeah. Wow. You were so cheeky. I was just he, trying to, I, I was just trying to, trying to have a conversation with Lee Mavis. Lee Mavis. Lee Mavis. <sighs> Lee Mavis. And, and you think he, yeah, he just thought you were a, a bit of a, Student prick. I mean, it's it's probably this year. It's probably two thousand three, uh, two thousand four. Well, there you go. We've we've done that bit. That's safe. That's safe time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Though. Shall shall we move on to two thousand? Yeah.
So um, what were you up to in 2003? Um, I went from first year of university to second year of university. So I moved from Cathedral Campus to um, St Andrew's Gardens, the Bullring. Right. Um, I, know, I know there's one in Birmingham. I didn't know there was one in... Uh... It's not It's not really the same. Okay. Um, and obviously there's lots in Spain. Yeah, not the, not the same. And um, in the summer I worked at the council in the planning department. Did you? Yeah. So you were responsible for all these student builds that have gone up? No, this was in Beverly. In East Yorkshire Council, right, right, right. East Yorkshire Council, uh, and someone had a, um, and I always remember this. They had a, uh, a little thing stuck on the computer monitor. Yeah, uh, and it said, um, "Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put one in a fruit salad." That's clever stuff. That have yeah, you thought about using that? What in the uh, stand up? It's it's a bit uh, gentle, isn't it? I'm yeah. a bit more sort of hard hitting, really. Yeah, definitely. You're more Frankie Boyle. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not even. Isn't that conjecture? Isn't 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 it? Isn't that you know? Some people would say it's a vegetable. I think objectively, you got to say that it's a fact that tomato is a fruit. How do you know that? Um, EU categorizations. We've left the EU. Wake up call. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Yeah, this was in two thousand and four. The good, love affair good, was the good. love affair was at its height, wasn't it? Good point. Good point. Um, and I shared uh, in St Andrew's Gardens. I think there was about seven of us lived in this flat. I so my girlfriend at the time moved in. Mercedes. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, a man called uh, James Baldwin that lived with us, and he was fond of a drink. Is is there a famous actor called James, uh, James Baldwin? Author. Right, okay. He oh was, yeah, of course. He was the polar opposite of yeah. that person. <laughs> um, and he used to come in late at night, early hours, and shout the word Hebrew um, in a really high-pitched voice. Why? Uh, I think it was... I can't It was a reference to maybe... I want to say Kevin and Perry Go Large, but maybe it wasn't Kevin and Perry Go Large, but some sort of film of that ilk. So who is this guy? I don't understand. He was he was on the same course, I think, as or maybe he was at Cathedral Campus, and you know he was a sort of friend of a, a friend who also lived in the flat. And he was a he was a drunkard. He just he liked to, he was a party boy, yeah. Yeah, he was a party boy. Right. I mean, that has made me think actually that um, we've got that listener in that place in America, Virginia. Yeah. I don't know. He he lives in North America now. How would he know about the podcast? Social uh, Instagram. Social Instagram. <laughs> Does he follow the film Catch Up? Uh, I wouldn't know without looking. I wouldn't. He could he could do that. But you follow him on on Instagram, so you probably will have followed him. I'd, well, I don't know that either. You don't know if you, if if you're friends with him on social media. No, cause some people don't post very often, do they? Or if you don't. Like the posts, you don't see them very often. Right. I don't think I do, to be honest. But it just yeah. it just crossed my mind. Okay. It's not worth dwelling on. Um, yeah. And uh, me and Ed once, me and Ed Beamer had magic mushrooms. And um, where did you get them from? And what was it like? It was when they were legal. Yeah, so yeah we that's just, when I had them. Yeah, yeah. so just, um, got, we had some sort of cards, rang someone up, they brought them round. 
we ha- we dried them out on toast, I think, um, under a grill. Okay. Um, ate them, felt sick for about an hour, and then had a really good time. Thought that, like time had stood still. Wow. Uh, watched some sort of Scottish film, and I couldn't und- I couldn't differentiate between what was going on in the film and what was like going on in my mind. Yeah. Um, and I thought this is it. I'll, my mind's changed forever now. It probably could could have been, couldn't it? I've had a similar experience on mushrooms where I was convinced that I, w- I was going to be cross-eyed. <laughs> like, because my brain was on fire and my eyes, couldn't tell if my eyes were open or closed. I was in a dark room and I, and I just, I, as I was coming out of the experience for a couple of hours, I just, I was convinced that I was going to be permanently cross-eyed for the rest of my life. Yeah, scary. It's, that is the most powerful thing, uh, experience I've ever had. Yeah. experience I've ever had. It, that that specific one, yeah, wow, and you had a great experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say it was a great experience overall. Yeah, how was Unbalanced. it for Ed? I think he enjoyed himself. Lots of laughing, lots of giggling. He's not yeah. he's not a giggling man generally. Okay, um, yeah. but lots of you know he sort of regressed. Yeah, good. Um, and this was in the year that Ed Bick raised his head as well. Why did he do it? Why did he do that? Um, I think he just thought it would be... He just like maybe thought of himself as like an edgy character. Um, as, a, as a flat, we watched the film um, Creep. Horror film called... Is it called yes. Creep? I think it's yeah. called Creep. Yeah. About a, a large insect on the New York subway system. Is it an insect or is it a person with a shaved head? Maybe. I think I'm getting, it might be getting mixed up with Relic. relic. Maybe, um, yeah. yeah. Creep. Yeah. Um, so we gave him a nickname Creep. I don't know if he was in, he was um, inspired by that as mm. well. He used to call him that. Yeah. And then he shaved his head. No, no, he shaved his head. Then we called him Creep because of he looked like right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so did he shave it with clippers? And then he took a he did a wet shave on top. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I had to do that as a punishment um but not on my head what sort of punishment um in our first year of university there was a a pool table and if you got eight balls then there was a list of things on the wall that you had to do one of them was jumping out a second floor window oh my god um uh one of them was shaving your groinal area mm-hmm. with it. Uh, wet, wet, wet shave right okay um, and um, I, I, I did that one right okay and uh, did you have to prove did you have to do- yeah and then show it to them but then a Korean my Korean neighbour called Hung he, he jumped out the window and broke his ankle <sighs> yeah so you made the right decisions yes yeah in hindsight yeah. was there only two choices I think there were Another one was to eat a yogurt that had been in the drying room. So there was like a laundrette bit and there was like a really hot drying room, a yogurt being drying room for like a couple of months. And that's quite dangerous as well, probably, it, isn't it? Exactly. So I think I went for the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you find that it grew back thicker? Um, that's a myth. It's just that hairs are thicker at the root. So if you cut a hair, they get thinner as they go up. As uh-huh. they get to the end right okay so if you cut any hair on your body it's thicker at the root 
Right. So what's growing back is a chopped hair. Right, okay. That is thicker. That's good. Yeah. That's good knowledge. And then it just goes back to normal thinness as it grows. Right. You know, kind of thing. Thick at the root. Think of it as a sort of triangle. Uh, Cone. Pyramid. Cone, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, do you want to share what um, was going on in Chris Jenkins' life in uh, 2000? Yeah, in a higgledy-piggledy way, I've kind of spoken about... I mean, we, we were doing a lot of... Magic mushrooms as well. A lot, regularly. Um, I mean, there was. I say a lot. We probably did it about four times mm-hmm. because, same as you, they just legalised them. So mm-hmm. me and Will Dickey went to a shop, a shop in Exeter, and got them, and walked around the city centre. And then, uh, yeah, and then there were a couple of other times, and then there was some mushroom chocolate going around. Right. I had a couple of experiences on that. So, yeah, lots of strange things going on. And lots of cider drinking. Right, cider was your drink of choice, was it? Well, m- myself and Will Dickey were for a couple of the holidays. We did we didn't go back home. We just stayed in Exeter, and we didn't have any money, so we'd just be drinking white light, white lightning. Because it's so cheap. But so, but it just used to make us shake <sighs> uncontrollably. It was like I don't know what price it is now, but it was crazily cheap, wasn't it? That sort of drink. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that, and then um, it was all a bit of a blur, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, that, that, that year. So at this point, you'd finished university? Um, it was the year that I finished university and went back to Hong Kong. Um, I should probably mention 3 to 1 Tommy, our band. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah so that, that's when we, 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 we wrote quite a lot of mushroom-inspired music mm. and he's yeah. proud of that music sister yeah definitely yeah yeah it's online type in three to one tommy you can find it our whole back catalogue is oh, online. Right, okay. yeah uh so yeah and we're, we're still a, we still meet up every few years and record that's brilliant um it's uh it's varied stuff you know uh we don't we don't ever play the same thing twice <laughs> right we we our recordings are just recordings snapshots in time yeah they're just live re- recordings mm-hmm. snapshots in time we we don't have the musical skill to we can by fluke we can create something really great mm. and then we say okay let's try and play that again to get it down okay on tape but then we can't play it again because we don't have the requisite skill the only person with skill is the drummer Bob who's in some he's been in some really good bands um, but I'd say we've all got a good ear for music, but you know we were drama students, so we we didn't necessarily have the musical skill. We had more of the performative mm-hmm. sort of uh, comedic skill. Electric performances. We, yeah. Did you perform live in front of audiences? We just did one gig at a house party, but I think I've mentioned that before that we were a bit um, worse for wear, and and, mm-hmm. we did, and it kind of it kind of imploded. A oh, okay, bit. yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also the year that I formed my band as well. Albion. Uh, Victoria. Yeah, yeah. And how did that go? Uh, so this was, I mean, really, that possibly stems back to 2003. So me and Brummy Dave were big um, Libertines fans. Yeah. Um, and we, th- we thought, well, we want to do that. Yeah. Neither of us could do anything musically. Yeah. 
Dave went away that summer, taught himself uh, guitar. Great. We recruited. You um, taught yourself. Nothing. Singing. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do anything. Uh, I was a singer, front vox, um, and I um, and we recruited my friend Ash. Yeah. Uh, who was would play, it was a good guitarist but played bass. Oh no, Ash was the last to join actually. It was Tom, who he was a person that we met around town. Really snappy dresser, big Libertines fan. Yeah. Um, nice guy. Um, and there'll be more about Tom in the 2007. Are you talking about Tommy T. Thomas? No, no, no. This is Mank Tom. Right. Um, so Tom, yeah, Tom will make an appearance in the future. Yeah. Um, and so Tom played rhythm guitar. Brummy Dave, having just learned guitar, played lead guitar. We did a few covers. We did um, 1251. I think we did 12... No, uh, yeah. I think it was 1251 by The Strokes. Uh, we did the song Victoria. By... Kinks. Yeah, and, uh, The Fall. The Fall, yeah. Um, I feel like we did a few of the covers and then we had a, uh, our own uh, originals now and again. Um, a song called Well Lucy Played. Great Beatles, yeah. Beatles inspired, yeah. And um, an awful song about um, being addicted to um, heroin. Right, so you were really going down the, the Libertines route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having had, none of us having had any experience of heroin. Any any recordings? Yeah, so um, Brummy Dave knew a man, a friend in um, Birmingham who was like a bit of a like an engineer impresario yeah so he brought like some um uh what do you call it mobile recording equipment mobile disco and uh what came into our practice room at vulcan studios oh yeah um so he recorded four tracks and we got an ep together where is it uh i mean it's out there it's not on i don't think you can get it on the internet it's more on like Brummy dave's hard drive really have you got it um, I, I'm not sure. I think so. You would know that. Uh, I, I mean, it's something that I don't really like to I'm listen not, to. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you have to play it on this podcast or anything. I know I could make a call and get it. That's that's enough for me. When's the last time you listened to it? Probably two, two or three years ago. This is a band called Victoria with you singing on it and you've got four four song recording four songs yeah uh, three or three or four I might have just been three um and one of them my and did, did like an auto tune this was before auto tune was like a staple of pop music yeah yeah <clears throat> uh so you auto tune my voice to like the, <laughs> to the melody and it was so off that it sounded like that song that share song I believe I believe in love, love. <laughs> oh my god it, I, I've got to hear this. I, I, people have got to, please. I mean, no, it's not, not going to be... Not on the podcast, just... I'll, I'll play it to you. I'll, I'll share it with you, maybe. Yeah. You know, I'll play it to you. I'm not going to give you the file. That's fine. I've got to hear that. Who wrote the lyrics? Um, a combination of myself um, and Dave, and then Ash wrote his own song called... Um, I think it's called Carry On. And there was a bit of it where I said, come on, brother, get off your knees. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so me and, uh, that was Jewel Vox, me and uh, Ash singing that one. Okay. And we did one, um, uh, 
our friend Tim launched a radio station and did a gig at the Cooler, which was a student union. Right. Got us playing the playing that. Right. And uh, someone came in and said, "That was so good. I thought it was. Um, I thought you were playing a CD." Wow. Compliments. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's, comp- that's very compl- complimentary. That isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm more intrigued. I'd, I'd like to hear it. There's footage of that around the world, actually. Yeah. They say that the libertines only lasted a brief amount of time, but everyone who saw them then went off and <laughs> formed their own band. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, our our uh, generation's velvet underground. Aren't yeah, they? definitely. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I should also mention before we close up that uh, 2004 I finished universe just this more technical knowledge yeah. uh, I finished universe, just to be completist I finished university went back to Winchester started working night shifts at Jay Sainsbury uh, shelf attendant stacking shelves uh-huh. from like 10pm to 7am Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the winter, I went back to Hong Kong. And Liam went with you. With Liam, me and Liam hatched the plan to be to become writers. I guess I don't know about Liam, but I guess I was thinking Charles Bukowski, sort of like you know, Hunter S. Thompson, Hunter S. Thompson, dr- hard, a bit of hard drinking, a bit of Gonzo writing, and. And uh, we, you know, we we would we would have day jobs like as journalists or whatever, and then at night and we'd write stuff. So we had we hatched this plan, and we did it. We went we went to Hong Kong. Well, we, we went to Hong Kong together. Yeah, that's brilliant. But we kind of fell back into the teaching English as a second language sort of yeah. lifestyle. Yeah, but um, still doing the drinking and the still with the drinking. Gonzo the, teaching, Gonzo teaching and drinking, and uh, and then obviously I'll talk about all that stuff in the episodes to come how long so how long was this stint in Hong Kong uh, three years wow okay so that's a big girl stint isn't it so yeah so I went to connect it to this film I went and stayed with Liam and Simon Monday his name is Simon Monday okay stayed at his flat in Wan Chai um, on that train that connects the world yeah exactly and that looks like a goose and and uh, yeah and got Got a job pretty much straight away, and yeah, more hijinks. Brilliant. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. Okay, so shall we round off with picking a film for next week? Yeah, I think um, let you just tell me the film. Let's just. Well, I think it'd be good new format where we just say the film, not do the three films. All uh, uh, right. Okay. Well. Uh, well, not don't do the three synopses. Just. I kind of feel like I want a palate cleanser. Um. But this might be a film that you've just, seen. Just name the films. The Three Burials of Melchiades Estrada. Sorry, just, uh, for listeners, I'm just eating an apple. The Three Burials of Melchiades Estrada, directed by Tommy Lee Jones and starring Tommy Lee Jones. Wow, not heard of it. I remember it being big news at the time. Um, Memories of Murder, Bong Joon-ho. I want to see that. Uh, see, these are three... Really good ones, I reckon. Tale of China, Hong Sang Su. I've not heard of that. Okay, I'm going to discount that one um, because I'm more confident about the other two. 
So I'm gonna. I'm. Uh, I tell you what. I'm just gonna. We're gonna go back to English language and we're gonna watch this Tommy Lee Jones film. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel like you're you're um you're crunching an apple in quite a pointed way. Like you're unsure about the selection. No, I'm really up for that Tommy Lee Jones one. Okay, so it's like a um, modern day um, cowboy cowboy film. I, I I do like cowboy films. Mm-hmm. You you don't like westerns. You and <clears throat> Carl Roberts told me that you don't like westerns. Um, I'm to be convinced. I think I'm open to them. I'm a western skeptic. But this isn't a western. It's a modern day film set in Texas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not giving the synopsis. I'm not giving the synopsis. Oh yeah, go on. Uh, when brash Texas border officer Mike Norton wrongfully kills and buries the friend of ranch hand Pete Perkins. The latter is reminded of a promise he made to bury his friend Melchiades Estrada in his Mexican hometown. He kidnaps Norton and exhumes Estrada's corpse and the odd caravan sets out on horseback for Mexico. 121 minutes. Sounds good. Is it available to stream? Um, I think we're going to be able to get it on Amazon or Apple TV or Plex. You have Plex, don't you? Yeah, is it on that? Yeah, it's Plex. Great. It's it's just like a thing that I stream films that I've downloaded through, but also it does have some free content, so that maybe that's on there. Okay, first I've seen it. Great. Um, good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I do like films where men wear hats yeah no that is good and I haven't watched a Tom a Jones a, <laughs> I haven't watched the film featuring Tommy Lee Jones since Men in Black 2 what have you not seen No Country for Old Men yes yes is he in that yeah okay but maybe I'll watch Men in Black 2 after that you don't have to what Watch Men in Black. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is the last film I saw out of those two films was Men in Black Two. So that's when, when did you when did you watch Men in Black Two recently? <laughs> um, I don't know. I watch it every now and again. It's good. No Country. I mean, that came out before No Country for Old Men. Did so, it? Yeah, you must just love watching Men in Black Two. How confident are you in that statement? Put it to the. Put it to the test. Okay, so do you, do you want to um, guess the years? Men in Black 2. 2004. 2007. Men in Black 2, 2007. No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. 2012. Okay, so you've jumped forward. You, it's about the same period of time where you jumped forward, so... No Country for Old Men was 2007. Yeah. And Men in Black 2 was uh, 2002. Yeah. Um, Men in Black 3? Um, 2005. 2012. Really? Yeah. You... Men in Black, Colon International? I've not heard of that. It hasn't got Will Smith in it. Uh, it's got Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and Rebecca Ferguson in it. 
and Rafe Spall and uh, Camille Nanjiani. You're um, a Will Smith apologist, aren't you? Mm, mm-hmm. well, are you? Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to agree oh, I, I, I adore Will Smith, yeah. Do you? Yeah. I grew up I grew up with Fresh Prince of Bella. And so did I. I can't. And then, then I saw him slap a man <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. Yeah, well, you know. I can't help how I feel about Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Let's not go there. No, let's not go there. I'm thinking Forsyth. For the phrase, mm-hmm. Bruce Forsyth. Bruce Forsyth. With Bruce Forsyth or... Bruce No, what, what, what did you come up with before I said that? What, what was your Just thing? Forsyth. So Forsyth, but spelt with... It's spelt S- as in the surname of Bruce Forsyth. But with an I instead of a Y. <laughs> and an e. it's got an E in it I think, I think Bruce I think, I think spell it with the Y just do it as Bruce Forsyth's surname but episode 2046 by one car Y Forsyth okay or Len Goodman no let's stick with Forsyth or um, Matthew Kelly no uh, Bob Holness I mean they're all Bob conscious they're what I describe as consummate entertainers. Mm-hmm. But they're not related to this film. I started reading that Freddie Star book. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm.